This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Joining us on The COVID Report is Nicolette Mashile, who is an entrepreneur and founder of Financial Fitness Bunny, which is a financial education initiative. Thank you so much, Nicolette, for joining us here on The COVID Report. Now, only 25% of South African households are classified as financially well, and financial wellness consists of five elements, which are assets, debt, and wealth, income, expenditure, and saving, living environment, education status, and personal empowerment. Can we please dissect each one of these elements and assess how COVID-19 has impacted each one? Thank you very much for having me. Um, Look, I think COVID-19 has hit a lot of us, you know, unexpectedly so. Um, Of course, economists around the globe had been predicting some sort of economic recession, but I don't think that they had actually even foreseen that it would have been this big because what COVID did is that it slowed down many economies across the world. Now, when that obviously happens, when you are slowing down economies, some point you're actually bringing some economies to a standstill. It means that different markets and different economics are going to get some sort of reaction. Now, one of the first few things that did happen with our economies is that, uh, you know, our, res- our, our treasuries, our reserve banks, our central banks in the different countries had to make drastic decisions for there to become some sort of fiscal response. And the reality is that once you've got some sort of economic or fiscal response, you're changing the status quo of how things ordinarily would happen. Um, In South Africa, we saw that when the economy started slowing down, we needed to, you know, do drastic things like changing the interest rate or the prime lending rate, which is essentially lowering the repo rate by the Reserve Bank, just so that you can encourage some sort of economic activity within the banking sector so that people are borrowing. Borrowing is cheaper. But the reality is that you know, you you are bringing by those kind of interventions in an area or in a time or in a market condition where people really need to hold on to money. So household budgets have really been taking a knock. From one side is that many people have had to take salary cuts and some people have been retrenched. On the other side, other side, because people are uncertain of what is to come, people are also holding on to their money. So essentially, you are trying to encourage some sort of activity within the economy, but because it's very uncertain times, many people are unsure of what to do. Now, obviously, if there are certain markets that are going to be slowing down and certain markets that are going to be taking a knock in terms of their profits, in terms of their revenues, in terms of their values, it is a trickling effect. If you look at the oil market, it means that it will eventually hit the South African market's pocket because petrol prices are probably going to go up. So I always say whatever happens at a macro level will always filter down to the micro level and eventually into the household. So a lot of us are really, really, really seeing a lot of uncertain times right now. We're not sure of the right things to make. You've seen some of the banks really trying to come through with moratoriums, putting on, um, you know, or in fact, elevating payment holidays. Um, the insurance industry has also taken a bit of a knock because essentially most of them are probably going to be getting 
claims very soon. If you look at the side of um, your credit life insurance, if you look at the side of medical aid, if you look at the size of funeral covers. So there is quite a lot that is happening currently in the market. And I think COVID-19, what it really has done for all of us, it's, 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 it's woken us up to say we need at all times to stay prepared for whatever is the unknown when it comes to finances. Because one of the dire um, starting points of any negative financial movements is when you've got an economic or a financial interruption that you are not adequately prepared for. Huh. Um, that that is that is quite the that, that is quite the polarizing picture you paint with that, Nicolette. And I it reminds me of um, this the the uh, a common theme that we that we typically harp on here on the COVID report when we refer to the domino effect of this pandemic. And as far as the domino effect of the economic implications of this pandemic, what's what does this mean for for how people typically um, spend their money and how can they use this the conditions of this pandemic to reevaluate their consumption priorities look i think i think when you when you say the domino effect you've really hit the nail on the head because that's ultimately what is happening because one thing can happen on the other side and it doesn't happen on the other right we always talk about the 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 grass is greener on the other side but nobody really knows how much manure is being put in and how much watering is happening and that's really what's happening with finances had had you been in a healthy financial standing when you when when you went into this um, pandemic you probably would come out fine because you have the measures that are put in place. You've got the life insurance, you've got the credit life insurance, you've got some sort of retrenchment cover, you've got emergency funds, you've got some sort of reserves in terms of your savings. And even if you were to take a salary cut, it might not shake you that badly. But if you are somebody that already was going into this time financially distressed, it means that so much more is going to happen. And a lot of us might not even feel the effect right now because right now we're in survival mode, right? Many people are really just trying to get by every single month but a lot of people at this point in time are actually taking financial decisions that might really count and cost them in the near future i'm seeing i'm hearing of people cashing out some of their policies cashing out investments because people are panicking right you don't know what to do you are panicking so you're making financial decisions under emotional distress. Now, if you are going to be doing some, you know, any type of cashing out of investments, if you are going to be taking up any type of debt because you're making the assumption that debt right now is cheaper, you need to also understand what a lowered interest rate actually means in the long term. It's not that debt is cheaper, it's that the economy needs some sort of stimulus. So hence why this is happening, because if it's not, if your your salary and your income is not being stimulated to then you cannot get involved and participate in stimulating the economy because your income is still at a standstill. So I think that's really important. One of the other things that people are are, are looking to do is take payment holidays without really taking proper consideration of what it actually means when you are taking up a payment holiday. So I think it's important for a lot of us to understand what are the ramifications of the decision-making that we're going to be doing right now during COVID-19 simply because we are in survival mode and what that looks like for our financial future. I always say that whatever decisions you are making today, you are essentially contributing to a math formula that is going to push out a response or a result in the near future. And you've got to ask yourself if it's going to be in the positive or in the negative for you. So I think 
it's, it's also time for South Africans to take a little bit of stock and maybe perhaps have a conversation with oneself and ask, was I ever financially healthy? Was I ever in a good space with my finances? Because one of the things that we don't realize as South Africans is the importance of knowing and understanding and cultivating a savings culture, moving away from a consumer culture more to a producer culture. I always have this conversation with a friends, with friends of mine, and I say, it's funny how in South Africa, we teach a lot of people how to manage their money, how to spend their money better, but nobody ever has the conversation and teaches people how to make money. And the reality is right now, you don't need to be actually cutting down anymore. Right now is the time for you to take the opportunity to try and start making money. Remember that wherever there is an economic crisis, there is also opportunities. Honestly speaking, we always say an economic crisis is essentially the shifting of wealth from one group of people to another. So yes, you must spend well. Yes, you must spend efficiently. Yes, you must be financially savvy. But how do you take advantage of the opportunities right now that might be laid at your feet? And are you in a position to actually be able to take them? Because those who had money, those who were liquid, those who had some sort of finances or, or, or savings in their banks, they right now can pick up on those stock markets, on the bond market, on the property or real estate market that is going or, or even retailing below its intrinsic value. They can pick up those, those assets right now. So the reality is that for South Africans, the lesson here is to ensure that at all times you are adequately prepared for any type of shaking that may happen when it comes to your finances. So talking to yourself about your spending culture, talking to yourself about your savings culture, talking to yourself about how do you actually see wealth and what does financial freedom and financial independence look like for you? So then, Nicolette, for the South Africans among us who live paycheck to paycheck, who, while living paycheck to paycheck, have managed to stash a few coins away um, in the savings and over the course of this pandemic have then had to dip into the savings because the paycheck to paycheck situation has either hit a pause or a complete halt. So in light of those South Africans, what are, what issues or what other avenues can they explore to um, relieve themselves of debt? And as far as the South Africans who, who are living paycheck to paycheck, how can they get into the habit of saving money and um, still be financially aware of the, the nitty gritties of saving money for circumstances such as this? Look, I think, I think one of the things that really did come out of, 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 of COVID is really quite an amplification of financial or fi consumer financial education tools that are available to the South African consumer. One of the major ones was credit life insurance. I mean, many South Africans to the point where COVID-19 hit and people were finding themselves in a situation where they might not be able to commit or honor their credit agreements. It's when people kind of got, got an understanding of what credit life insurance insurance is for those listeners who might not know credit life insurance basically is having an insurance over your debt obligations so if you are unable to make and meet your debt obligation then the company or the insurer will then pay on your behalf now i mean if you do a little bit of research you will find that this is one of the most uptaken insurance policies but the least utilized because people simply do not know that they actually have it that's number one number two they are not adequately explained what credit life 
life insurance is. But when given the opportunity to, to opt out, a lot of people opt out because they don't actually have a tangible understanding of what credit life insurance is. So now if you are sitting at home and you have credit life insurance, you have, um, uh, 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 you've got credit life insurance, you've got your income protected, you've got a retrenchment cover, you essentially are well covered for somebody that could potentially lose their job when it comes to your debt obligations, right? Now, of course, we're not talking about now your, your living expenses, things that you might not have any type of cover or insurance policy over. These could be things like your school fees, your electricity, your grocery money. But when it comes to the debt side, what the, uh, the, the National Credit Regulator and the National Credit Act allows is for some tools to be available for consumers so that they do not find themselves in dire states. And one of those is the credit life insurance. But secondly, there are debt relief um, tools that are available and these are promulgated by the National Credit Act. It is things like the three months payment holiday. The reality is that a credit lender has to give you the option if you go there timelessly before you actually default to try and assist you so that you are able to meet your debt obligation. So there are opportunities for a person to take the three months payment holiday. There are opportunities to actually restructure your debt so that it is well in line with your income at the rate that that your income is coming in. And I think that's really important. The problem in South Africa that we find is that one, we lack the financial education and I am going to call it financial institutions because it is their mandate and it is actually a compliance that they should be educating more South Africans on what tools are available to them. So one, I'm, 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 I'm holding the financial institutions to account. But second and most importantly, I want South Africans to understand that we need to build a better relationship with our creditors. When you are finding yourself in a situation where you are feeling financially distressed, have a conversation with the creditor. They, they have to listen. It is, it, they are obligated by the National Credit Act to listen to you and give you the best solution. Of course, they do hold the right to say no to restructuring your debt. But then again, we then have to look at what other restructuring tools are available to you as a consumer. And I think thirdly, it is important as a consumer to also have an honest conversation with yourself. If you are finding yourself in a situation where you are already over-indebted or you have already debt-stripped, by the time COVID-19 um, 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 happened, then you don't have a leg to stand on to blame COVID-19. It's, 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 and I always liken it to some of the companies and corporates that have had to shut down in South Africa. And I'm like, yeah, but the reality is that you took too long for you to be able to adapt to the new norm. So you, you, uh, for many people, they can't blame COVID-19 and say that is how we went down the spiral because you were already in a situation where you were going to go down in that direction. So things like debt review then become available. When it comes to cultivating a savings culture, at the end of the day, I always use this example and I say, South Africans, the majority of South Africans will never have a funeral that is not adequately prepared for. South Africans are ashamed of going home and bringing friends to a funeral where the family does not have a proper casket, where there's no proper entourage that's taking them to the graveyard. Now, all of this is from prior planning. Now, I want you to imagine a world where we actually did prior planning for generational wealth, prior planning for actually having good retirement instead of only attaching some sort of sentiment to death.
So if we actually just took those lessons from saving for a funeral, how better can we do as South Africans if we save for our financial futures to secure financial futures, to secure our children's financial futures, and to secure the breakdown of any barrier and any pillar that holds together poverty in South Africa? I think we will do really amazing. But I think at the end of the day is to say to ourselves that we already do possess the savings culture. Now it's to put it into practice and say, I actually do have something I want to save for because I do hold a proper retirement at high esteem. The other problem is that we don't have many references of what financial savviness looks like. Mostly in South Africa, we've got a culture where somebody's financially savvy or somebody's doing well financially, we tend to question what privilege did they get? How did they get there? There must be some sort of corruption. There must be some sort of uh, uh, tender fraud. Instead of saying, perhaps maybe there are some lessons to learn from a specific group of people who have managed to find themselves financially independent because they've taken the right steps. And I think that's really important. Well, I certainly think that um, the, the mouthful of content that you've just shared with us segues me perfectly to my next question. You are the founder of the Financial Fitness Money Educational Initiative. And judging from the eloquence with which you've spoken about how pertinent these issues are, especially during the course of this pandemic, I, I can imagine um, and I, I, can, I can feel for myself how passionate you are about the subject matter. Can you, can you take me through the moment that made you realize that such an initiative is essential for is essential business, so to speak, and is important for people to be able to access and to learn from. And how has, how has the work that you have done with the people who have engaged with your educational initiative, how has it been received? How has it um, impacted the lives of those who have engaged with your initiative? You know, when you lose 125,000 rand cash, hard cash, and you've got to pay an invoice, um, not because you've received a service, but simply because you did not know. And I want to call it ignorance, but sometimes, you know, we use the word ignorance from a very negative perspective. But when you don't know something, it is very difficult for you to look out for. I had to settle out of court 125,000 rand for the loss of potential income. And I want to repeat that it is loss of potential income when a real estate agency took a house that I had said I want to buy off the market. For those three days that that house was not on the market, they are claiming 125,000 rands worth of loss. That is how I realized that financial education is of utmost importance. If we don't arm ourselves with the education, we keep ourselves in the dark. And that's the reality is that many South Africans are actively participating in the economy, yet they do not actually have the, uh, the, the, the competency and the confidence to be able to make financial decisions. Yet we're expecting them to actually build homes. We're expecting them to bring down the South African household debt um, uh, 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 ratio. How do we do that when people don't understand simple things like interest rates, simple things like a suspensive clause in an offer to purchase? And that's the reality is that we have a disadvantage of not knowing. Now, when you don't have financial inclusion that should have been there through education, you are keeping too many people poor. 
It's a fact. We can't even run away from it. Yes, financial education and financial literacy on its own is not going to make you wealthy. It's not going to make you more financially savvy, but rather walk into a donga, walk into the fire knowing what the circumstances and the consequences are, rather than walking in not knowing. You know, I sat in, an, in, a, in a flight once with a gentleman and we were just having a conversation and he was asking me what it is that I do and I was telling him about financial fitness bunnies and how excited I am because South Africans have this appetite for learning about consumer financial education. And this man's face really just turned sour and I could see him reliving a moment in his life where he was telling me that he went to a bank and he wanted to take up a consolidation loan because he was really financially distressed with the debt. He had too many short-term debts and he was trying to consolidate them. And this consultant that got him the consolidation loan attached it to his property. He had been paying that property for 15 years and then he defaulted on this consolidation loan and all of a sudden his house was now attached to this new debt. He did not know this. And the reality is that you're not going to look for something you don't know. So the disadvantage of not knowing, the disadvantage of not having financial conversations amongst our family members, amongst our peers, in our relationships, are really keeping us in the dark. And I think that's where Financial Fitness Bunnies really was born from. And, you know, to be quite honest with you, South Africa... And rightfully so, I, have, I, I call it financial institutions in every conversation I have, but they have been really, really, really helpful and very supportive. I mean, I've jumped on many campaigns with different financial institutions in South Africa, and it's really been great, you know, um, from, from, from a brand perspective, from uh, um, them really coming through and, and, and assisting us, giving us the budget, giving us the funding to try and elevate and really disseminate the voice and disseminate the message as far as possible. But so the Africans in general have been absolutely amazing um you know i i always say my facebook page now runs on its own i i will literally just become the conversation starter but you see the conversations that are happening there you see people are helping each other sometimes we're in the dark somebody comes and that's the reality the reality is that in your immediate group of friends there is somebody who's an accountant there is somebody that works at the bank there's somebody that studied economics there are people who understand these things better than us yet we're all sitting on our knees and we're all sitting on our what laurels and we're not having these conversations yet a friend could be making a financial mistake when they sign for an interest rate that they shouldn't be signing for at the bank when they take up the wrong financial product simply because nobody explained it to them and that has consequences in the long run so i think to be quite honest with you um a couple of years ago i know there's a group uh, another group that does financial education south africa and they did a study and one of the the the, the, the um uh, uh, one of the things that came out of that study was that South Africans actually Google educational material um, on the internet um, uh, quite frequently. And I realized that, you know what, maybe this is the time to jump onto the digital spaces and let, let, let's have South Africans consuming different type of content. Um, let's go on YouTube and, and, and move away from just doing lifestyle, move away from just beauty. Let's give South Africans something different. Let's get South Africans talking about money. Let's, start, let's stop making money a taboo subject. And um, I, can't, I can't thank South Africans enough, to be quite honest, because for me, it's not even about, it's not about Nicolette. It's, it's bigger than me. 
Um, and, and, and I've seen on social media, I've seen on Twitter, I've seen on Facebook, I've seen on YouTube, there's more content creators coming through. And it's exciting to see that we are starting to treat finances as something that is heavily integrated in our lives. The mere fact that you and I can have this conversation right now is really, is supported by finances without data, without having the means to buy data. You, you can't do what we're doing right now, you know? Um, and I always say, if you want to know how close money is to you, go to a restaurant, order a meal and ask yourself why you ordered that specific meal. Is it because you really like that meal or is it because that's the meal that you actually can afford? Finance, money is too integrated into our lives that we shouldn't be having conversations about it and casually and candidly so. Indeed. And I think finally from me, Nicolette, before we allow you to carry on with your day, when it comes to the South Africans among us who, or anyone across the world really, who may be listening to us right now, either live or via the delayed form of the podcast, for, the, for any of them listening to us right now who are going through their own financial turmoil, who are going through their own period of financial uncertainty or financial anxiety during the course of this pandemic, do you have any advice or parting words for them as far as how they can make the best of this situation over the course of this pandemic? Look, I, I, I'm about to release, my book is coming out uh, in August. And one of the things my book really speaks about, and I think it's important for us to elevate, is that you are not bad at money. Nobody is bad. Nobody's born being bad at money. We found money here. Money is a concept that is something that one can learn. And I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, I really got railroaded on Twitter. I tweeted something along the lines of, if you can learn how to draw an eyebrow, you should be able to learn how to budget. And of course, South Africans didn't receive it um, as, as, as well as I had hoped. But the reality is that nobody's bad. No one is bad at money. No one is born bad at money. And I think it's important that once you have the knowledge and the understanding of what needs to be in place, you, you, you essentially then start to realize that money can work with you because money is just a concept. The concept of money is a system that we have created. And we just need to be able to, to play around in the system. We need to know what the rules of the system are. Once you know those things, you really should be fine. So I always say create a checklist for yourself. Create a checklist, have conversations with people. There are people that are still sitting in South Africa who don't have wills, a simple will. If you have a checklist on your will, I mean, if you have a, a will on your checklist, you will know to go out there and get a will. Things like retrenchment, people never really think about retrenchment because it's, it feels too far away from them. But the reality is that if you are in a job, you can get retrenched at any time. Get retrenchment cover. So I always say, look at your life and ask yourself the question, Am I adequately covered financially? Am I adequately covered financially that if anything like what has happened with COVID-19 is to happen again, will I be okay? So I, I just want to tell people, anybody that's listening right now that is going through the turmoil to say, you're not bad. You just need information. You just need somebody to give you another set of eyes to look at your finances. And I think that's also why we're... You know, um, one of the initiatives that we're really um, championing right now is the financial bunny gym that is also going to be opening up in August is to really have a center where people can come and have conversations about money, have conversation about finances in a more relaxed manner, you know, where the, your relationship with money is kind of dismantled and rebuilt from the start to give you that positivity, to pump that positivity and to say to you, you can have savings. 
You can have investment portfolios. You can have the dreams that you want with your money. It just simply means that let's start from the bottom and work our way back up. Nicolette Mashila joining us here on the COVID report. Entrepreneur and founder of Financial Fitness Bunny, which is a finance education initiative talking to us about the ways in which South Africans aren't all in doom and gloom as it pertains to their ability to turn their financial situations around, whatever their financial situations may be during the course of this pandemic. And I think this sets up nicely for what we have coming up next. We talked to a few South Africans and asked them to share how they have made the best of their financial situations over the course of this pandemic. We asked them to share how they've been impacted by this pandemic and the ways that they are considering mitigating the financial implications of the COVID-19 pandemic. And this is what they had to say. Hi, uh, my name is Danyuso. For me, this was a challenge because I just moved out of home. Um, my aunt's place, uh, found my own place uh, just a week after we had to go on lockdown. So I just deposited for some of the things that I needed in the house and then some I had bought cash. So I was completely drained out. I had nothing whatsoever. And then uh, we just realized that we are going to what, get paid. Uh, 75% of our income and then I had to cash in with my savings to make up for all of the losses but then you know what uh, it normally takes time for me to get cash from my savings account uh, it's 14 days um, can't just withdraw it because it's in a fixed account so it was quite challenging for me that's what I had actually go through but then uh, so far I've been budgeting it has actually made me smarter than I was before uh, with my money so yeah it's not all bad. COVID-19 has really affected a lot of things. So I'm a full-time student at VETS doing my honours. I also do like part-time work, which is events. So there are a lot of events lined up for this year and having all of them cancelled for me, it messed up my bag. So financially, I'm not in a good place. Well, Nefsis does help, so they send like 1.5 a month, which is good, but it also doesn't like help do other things because now all the money goes to food. There's also other things like toiletries, and then I also recently just lost my my uncle and having to get finances for that was a bit hard because people at home are unemployed and as a student i always sent money home from my promo gigs and not being able to help out is also just mentally like mentally uh disturbing as well um hi i just wanted to add on into uh, into the topic of the COVID 19 and the pandemic um within our country and that well, the company that I work for was actually going through is actually going through some retrenchments, and I was one of the people that was retrenched among seventy or more other people, and this just affects us in the sense that we have families to provide for, we have children, and we have a livelihood to to sustain and maintain, and honestly, it just taught us that we don't know what comes tomorrow. But what's important is that we keep a positive mindset to everything and work on bettering ourselves and our tomorrow. Thank you. Hi, my name is Dimakata. Um, I stay alone. 
so i wouldn't be mentioning any other incomes from any other household which i don't know about because i stay by myself so um spending money during this pandemic has been very difficult but on the other side uh, it has been very helpful because before this pandemic i've been using money um i won't say recklessly but i haven't been using it as wise as i'm using it now because i've been spending it on unnecessary things sometimes but during this pandemic i've used it wiser but i haven't um cash in any savings i've just used it wiser on things that are very important basic things food you know things like that so it has been very difficult because i haven't been receiving 100% of my salary so i've been using it wiser and i have been saving more than i was saving because there's a little bit left that i was using before for unnecessary things as a business we started experiencing a slowdown in sales around february when the whole covid-19 pandemic or wave started uh picking up pace by the time march came around and level 5 was put into place everything just seemed to dry up so for the duration of level 5 we didn't have any sales obviously um cuz everybody just shifted focus and started focusing on you know staying healthy and buying products that would keep them healthy and ready for the virus whenever it would come around but as the restrictions started getting lifted um, especially when level 3 came around one would have assumed that business was going to pick up pace but that wasn't the case people were still reluctant to you know get back to their spending habits that they had pre lockdown and so it's been quite a difficult um journey for the business we we've really struggled um the lockdown has really hurt us badly sales are not what they used to be they're not at the level they used to be so as a small business financially things are at a very bad state and that obviously impacts me personally because with the business not making money as a business owner my own source of income is then affected drastically so things have been really tough uh trying to pick up pieces and trying to get back to the level we were at before this whole covid-19 pandemic uh my name is mzi makadla i stay in tlipurfirusberg with regards to e covid ever since it started um mina it didn't impact me that much in terms of uh, uh my finances um i saved a lot with petrol because i'm working from home and uh, we went here yeah motor and insurance and um the company to it was um uh, kind enough because um i'm still getting my salary uh there is no pay cut uh, whatsoever the only thing where i had to spend a lot is quick groceries as well as gui medication um medication in terms of our vitamin because um we need our vitamin for the covid so that you boost your immune so i had to buy a lot of our vitamin that's where i spend only covid 19 has really flipped the script on my finances. So some companies do remote interviews, they do it through Skype 
or they do it through Zoom. And then there's some places where they require your physical appearance during a pandemic. So that requires you to get on a taxi that's operating at 100% full capacity. So that's exposing you to the virus indefinitely. So now you're at a point where you have to decide between getting a job and protecting your health and those around you. Because before Corona, I had everything sorted out perfectly. I had I had gone to job interviews, I had future prospects, and now they're all mute. I would just like to say to future employers, can you guys just stick to remote interviews? There's no need for me to get on a taxi, come to an interview for a salary that's below the average minimum wage. My name is Jonathan Mtembu and I stay in Midrand. I'm in the insurance space. So how COVID-19 has impacted on my personal budget um, is that I've had some, some savings, but I guess also some of my costs have had to go up. So in terms of um, savings, I think on my bond, I'm saving roughly 800 rands a month. Also, I was able to negotiate with my insurance company. I'm saving roughly 300 rands a month on um, my insurance for my for my motor vehicle. So also due to the repo rate cuts by the Reserve Bank, I'm saving roughly 400 rands a month on my car in, installment. Uh, in terms of the costs that have gone up, um, food, I'm obviously spending more, more money on food now that I'm working from home. Uh, also, my data costs have also gone up as well. So that's a little, a little on the on the downside. But I'm one of the people that I like enough to be able to work from home, and still get my 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 full salary. So I think, um, yeah, COVID nineteen has definitely had a shift in my mindset and and how I view the future. So it has definitely made me wiser. Uh, actually, made me yeah, made me realize that tomorrow is actually not promised. So, yeah, but I think financially, uh, I've actually been, been very lucky to, to have had some savings. As a business, we started experiencing a slowdown in sales around February when the whole COVID-19 pandemic or wave started uh, picking up pace. By the time March came around and level five was put into place, everything just seemed to dry up. So for the duration of level five, we didn't have any sales obviously because um, everybody just shifted focus and started focusing on you know staying healthy and buying products that would keep them healthy and ready for the virus whenever it would come around but as the restrictions started getting lifted um, especially when level three came around one would have assumed that business was going to pick up pace but that wasn't the case people were still reluctant to you know, get back to their spending habits that they had pre-lockdown. And so it's been quite a difficult um, journey for the business. We, we've we really struggled. Um, the lockdown has really hurt us badly. Sales are not what they used to be. They're not at the level they used to be. So as a small business, financially, things are at a very bad state. And that obviously impacts me personally because with the business not making money as a business owner my own source of income is then affected drastically so things have been really tough 
uh, trying to pick up pieces and trying to get back to the level we were at before this whole COVID-19 pandemic. And that was what our fellow South Africans had to say for their plans to mitigate the financial strains that come from COVID-19. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1 or streams via www.vafm.co.za.